The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome on the opening is taking place and we are all stepping more boldly into our power and our purpose. This is a year of really taking charge of your life and allowing yourself to take action with who you are and where you want to go, whether it is in small steps or in giant leaps. I am the publisher of 1111 Magazine and I want to let you know that it is on Barnes & Noble stands now, the latest issue, and there are some incredible articles from some wonderful writers to help you in that journey. So if you have not seen a copy of 1111, go out to Barnes & Noble and pick up your copy today. There are some amazing articles on how to allow the resolutions of the past year to fade away and claim affirmations for where you want to go this year. Also how to tap into that inner light of self-realization and become a living, breathing state of grace in your own life. So allow yourself to tap into that wonderful resource and adjunct coaching tool, uh, whether you are coaching yourself or whether you are allowing the support of one of the many wonderful coaches that are out there in the world. I'm very excited tonight about our show because I think it is a topic that most people struggle with. We all have a certain core belief that is buried within us that we must overcome to step into our purpose and our power and live that life of joy that we all seek, that life of authentic presence and powerful play. And One of the main ones is not good enough. Not good enough happened to be mine. And and when I read this book, I really resonated with a lot of what the author was speaking. So I would like to introduce you to a book entitled Innately Good, Dispelling the Myth that You Are Not. And it is written by Jan Denise. If you are one of the millions struggling with the fear of not being good enough, Innately Good is a guidebook to happiness and self-love. Jan identifies the origins of the tainted idea that we are innately flawed and provides a solid framework to help us undo that damage that's created by this myth. Through this book, you will gain the self-esteem and self-acceptance to enjoy life's true meaning. You'll help to overcome the fears and the distractions and the negative emotions that stem from ego. You'll happen to stop seeking that approval and clinging to the feelings of inferiority that you may be bounded by. And you'll start to step in and align with the choices and behaviors of who you really are inside. I have to say, this book is brimming with bold insight. It resonates with your own inner wisdom as you'll read it. 
innately good debunks a lot of those old myths about whether we're good or whether we're not. And so I'd like to have a wonderful conversation with Jan Denise and welcome you to 1111 Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Simran. I am happy to be here with you. You know, I really resonated a lot with this because I would have to say that that is or has been my core belief and I think is probably the most uh, significant one for the population at hand. It's what most of us deal with and struggle with and, and sometimes perhaps not even know that it exists within us. We kind of go through our lives not really quite understanding why certain things are happening or how come you know, situations end up the way it does. Tell me a little bit about what got you to write this book. Well, I know how it feels to be in pain. I know how it feels to wonder what everybody else is thinking and how they're judging me. And I also know how it feels to be happy and free, uh, to just be who I am and realize that I am the person that I was trying so hard to conjure up. And... There's a, there's a realization that has to come to that point. I'm, I'm sure that there were many incidences through your life that you were kind of taught or ingrained. You even say that we are biologically programmed to sense rejection uh, as a sign of something wrong, and then we're given the language that makes us feel that way, and it may not be intended by our caregivers, but we, we tend to hear the words no or bad or evil from the time we're little children. Does that somehow play into the role of taking on core beliefs, and particularly this one? Well, it absolutely does. Um, as you said, we're biologically programmed to be sensitive to rejection. Feelings of inferiority are universal. So when you say it's a big one for most of the population, of course, I absolutely agree. Virtually everybody on the planet grows up thinking that they're not quite good enough, that they're somehow flawed, there's something wrong with them, they don't quite measure up. However you want to word that, we all embrace the belief that we're not quite good enough the way we are and we have to do something to win acceptance and approval. And that's because growing up, Simran, that's exactly what we had to do. We, in order to win the acceptance and approval of our parents, we had to stifle some of our personality traits, some of our emotions, and we weren't just stifling personality traits or emotions. We were really stifling ourselves in an effort to win love from those people we were depending on for survival. Well, and I think when you read your book, it, it, you, a person really needs to be transparent to themselves. They have to right. be truly honest about what they do in the world, how they treat themselves, how they take things from other people, and and what they've done in their life that perhaps might be the steps to try to prove our goodness. That right. was one thing that I got through your introduction. There was a section where you talked about how you strived for um, you know, making enough money and acquiring certain things and having certain relationships. And once you move beyond your sphere, then it was about how can I help other people. And that's even a striving to prove oneself good enough. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, as I said, we, we all grow up believing that we're not good enough. So what do we do? We try to prove our worth, not just to other people, but to ourselves. And... You know, we run into dead ends in that process. We may grow up thinking that we have to be pretty enough or that we have to sit real still and be quiet or that if we can throw a football really well, that we're acceptable, you know. 
Um, so whatever it is, we run into dead ends, trying to get enough money, trying to get enough good looks or enough accomplishment, enough education in order to feel like, okay, I'm good enough. But what happens? We keep moving the finish line. Um, people who are listening, I'm sure they can relate to the notion that maybe they've thought in the past that if they could just get that promotion or if they could just live in that neighborhood, if they could get their kids enrolled in this private school, or if he would love me, then I'd know I was okay. But when that happens, what it does not make us feel the way we were hoping it would make us feel. We don't feel full. We haven't Yeah, exactly. It. So we move the finish line. Yeah. Thinking that, okay, well, if, if I could get another promotion or if I could earn this much money. But eventually we have to admit to ourselves, okay, there is not enough money to make me feel good about myself. No matter how beautiful somebody thinks I am, it's not enough for me to feel good about who I am. And anorexia is a perfect example of how you can't get thin enough when what you're really trying to do is get good enough. Well, and that's why I feel like when you're reading this book, you really have to look in the mirror, so to to speak, and be transparent to yourself. Because I know about myself as I was reading through. I've never really been the type that was competitive with other people. I was always competitive with myself. I was always saying, well, I I need to just know that I can accomplish this, or I just need to know that... I can learn how to do this thing so that I don't have to depend on other people or, you know, developing the pattern of a workaholic. And I would say to to listeners, if you can start to see your patterns such as workaholism or working out in the gym too much or having to shop too much, any of those things might be a clue to say, how am I trying to fill myself up with that to prove that I'm good enough? Right, because any time we have an addiction, what it really is, is we're trying to fill a need with something that can never really fill it. So if you're out there and you find yourself seeking one relationship after another, you know, infatuation, newness, or if you find yourself you know, just trying to accumulate more and more money, or if you find yourself trying to get one more degree because the last one, you know, didn't really seem to cut it for you, Anytime we find ourselves trying to fill an insatiable need or a hole, then we know that we're trying to fill an emotional need with something from outside of ourselves that can never really satisfy that need. But the good news is that you don't have to make yourself good enough. You don't have to make yourself lovable. You are. What happens is that we bury what's sacred with what we hope will be acceptable. And we run into the dead ends. Well, and And, I'd like to go into a little bit of, um, because this was very much what resonated with me, is that once you get your own affairs in order, and, and, you know, I, I got all of the little pieces of my life going the right way, I found myself really having a desire to help others, really having a desire to uplift them, take care of them. And you talk about that in your book, that once you had your affairs in order, then all of a sudden you wanted to help other people with other things. But in a sense, we have to look at that and say, am I just doing a different thing in the same, uh, uh, the same thing in a different way? Am I really, right. again, trying to prove my goodness 
and and that's very separate from you know coming from a place of compassion or, or or something like that. First, we have to figure out why are we doing something. Absolutely, because it's not. And I appreciate so much what you're saying, Simran. You know, is this you know is writing a book to help people just another way to prove to myself that I'm good enough? You know, is having a radio show just another way for you to to let everybody know that you're good and you're trying to help them? So we have to look at not just at what we're doing, but exactly what you said, what, what's motivating us. Because it's not so much about what I'm doing, it's why I'm doing it. And we are continually driven by either fear or love. You know, when I was driven by fear, I wanted to look a certain way, I wanted to have a picture-perfect house, you know, I went to the gym religiously because I wanted to sculpt my physique and, you know, I wanted to have a gold watch and I wanted to have a diamond. And and we need to ask that question, why? Why are we doing the things that we do? What is continuing the patterns in our life that we're continuing? What is it that we keep reaching for that seems to be that never-ending finish line that continues to be further and further and further away? Are you driven by fear or are you driven by love? A Course in Miracles says that there are only two things that exist, love and fear. And so we have to constantly ask ourselves that question, fine-tune ourselves, fine-tune our environment, and find out why we do what we do. I am today with author of Innately Good, Dispelling the Myth That You Are Not by Jan Denise. We will be right back with her, and you can also find out more about her on her website innatelygood.com and her second website is nakedrelationships.com we'll talk a little bit more to Jan in just a few minutes your online community for positive change 7th Wave Network We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Do you feel plagued by embarrassment, shame, guilt, or jealousy? Do you strive for something that will make you happy and never seem to be able to find it? Do you fear that something is innately wrong with you? What if there were a way to gain the self-esteem and self-acceptance to enjoy your life's true meaning? Innately Good is a wonderful new book that goes into dispelling the myth that you are not innately good. The author is Jan Denise, and she has written this book to help support individuals that have that core belief of not good enough, which is one of the most common, and we all struggle with it on some degree, on some level. Have you been trying to prove to yourself your self-worth and your goodness by too many degrees, by striving so hard that you're working to earn enough money? by trying to be in the right neighborhood or with the right crowd, by trying to find the right relationship, how do you do your not good enoughness, and how can we solve that problem? So these are some of the ways that we prove, try to prove our own worth, Jan, to ourselves. Um, those were some of the things that you have in the, in the book. Are there any others that are really key places that people try to prove their own worth? Well, you know, we're conditioned growing up that if we meet certain criteria, then we're good enough, we're accepted, we're loved. And if we don't meet that criteria, then we feel like we're falling short. The problem is that even if we do meet it, we feel like a fraud. In other words, if I present myself to a a prospect, somebody that I want to fall in love with me, and he finally does fall in love with me, but I know I'm wearing this mask, that I built this facade to win his approval, I'm going to be haunted by the fact that it's going to come crumbling down eventually, right? 
Right. So it's it's kind of a mask that we wear. This continual. Right. And so when we do that, even when we do meet, even when we do win approval, it doesn't feel the way we hoped it would. We don't feel like we're good enough. We just feel like, well, I better keep this mask up because I don't want anybody to get too close. I want, don't want to learn who I really am. But to better answer your question, the most common things that we use to prove our worth are money. It's so easily quantified in our society. Good looks, accomplishment, education, notoriety, success, if you will. Um, and then there are people who use sex or newness, infatuation in a relationship, and there are people who feel really hopeless, who almost give up and resort to an addiction like drugs or alcohol. And, of course, sex can also be an addiction. Shopping can be an addiction. But all of those things that we seek outside of ourselves are dead ends. And I understand that a lot of our belief systems and and these core attitudes we have about ourselves do stem from our caregivers, not intentionally, but it's somehow how we take on information. And and oftentimes they're just projecting their own issues onto us. But I find, too, just the media, our environments, um, our culture in the Western world, it, it kind of promotes that, that you have to be a certain thing or you have to look a certain way or you have to be a certain size or success is quantified in a particular way. Um, right. I mean, it's even, even being, you know, kind of promoted that, that addictions, in a sense, are almost glamorous now because of some of the reality shows, even though they look painful and they're trying to cure them, in a sense, they also also seem glamorous. So we're getting the messages from a lot of different places. We are we're inundated by the media with images of what is supposed to be ideal. Even we have, you know, the ideal buttocks, the ideal lips, you know, the, the most ideal eyes. And these images are difficult at best to live up to. There really is no ideal. There's certainly no one ideal for everybody. I am never going to be a 5'10 blonde. (laughs) And yet when we've embraced the belief that we're not good enough, we filter what comes at us. If I believe that I'm not good enough and that I'm never going to measure up, Physically, when I flip through a magazine, I won't see the petite brunettes. I'll see the 5'10 blondes because that reinforces my belief that I can't measure up physically. So when you buy into the notion that you're not going to be able to earn enough money, that you'll never be rich, you'll never be well off, you actually you know, manifest that because you filter what comes your way through your belief system and your beliefs act as gatekeepers to let things into your life and to keep other things out of your life. So in the same vein, if if we're having certain beliefs about success or about looks, we'll create those experiences. We'll attract people into our lives just to help us feel more inferior so that we can stay locked into that lie that we continuously tell ourselves. Exactly. But we need to take those as cues instead. we do. We need to recognize that, okay, this belief is false. It doesn't serve me, and I can embrace a new belief. I can embrace the belief that you don't have to be 5'10", and you don't have to be blonde to be desirable in today's culture. 
And you don't. You don't. But that's just an example of how we get these crazy notions into our heads that aren't even necessarily true, but they reinforce our belief that we fall short. And if we want to measure how we're doing on that scale of changing our belief systems, we really can watch. So instead of always attracting the 510 blonde, we'll start to see other ethnicities come in or we'll start to see other forms of beauty show up in our life so that we can applaud not only ourselves but applaud the fact that we have shifted our way of thinking and believing. Yes, absolutely, and so that we can applaud other people. You know, when we shut ourselves out from being good enough, we also shut out those people who are similar to us from being good enough. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. And people do that, I think, to a very sad degree with their own children. You know, you have a mother who's overweight and she looks in the mirror and she's constantly saying that she's fat. She's talking about how she, you know, she feels terrible about herself. She doesn't want to go out. She can't find anything to wear that looks good on her. And she has this teenage daughter who's also chubby. And what message is she getting? You know, what message has she been getting for the last 13 years? So how do we go about raising a good enough child? You're bringing up a good point that this is something that we need to be conscious of as adults because we're kind of continuing the same cycle with our children if we don't change the way we behave in front of our children. Right. Our parents passed on their insecurities to us, and if we don't become aware of those insecurities in us, we will continue the cycle and we'll just pass the same things on to our own children. So we teach children best by example. If you don't want your children to worry about what everybody else is thinking or how they're judging them, then you stop worrying about what everybody else is thinking. Well, I would think that one good method to figure out what you're really saying is possibly to carry a tape recorder with you for a few days and really hear yourself speak. Because many of us, I don't think, even listen to what we say to other people. Right. And the average child hears 432 negative comments on any given day and only 32 positive. Wow. And we may, you may be talking to yourself the same way that you're talking to your children. So just you know, become more aware of that little voice that you hear in your head that's maybe telling you, oh, you can't do that, or, you know, you, you, you don't have enough money, or you're not really tall enough, or you're not athletic enough, or, you know, you don't have the credibility. Maybe if you had a Ph.D., you know, become more aware of what you're telling yourself and what you're telling your children. And then that communication goes beyond even words. It can be in the gestures that we perform. It can be in the manner that we carry ourselves. It, it goes beyond just simple words as far as, uh, and that would increase the 432 negative statements a day to, to even more. Right, it becomes nonverbal. And children, before they're old enough to understand the words, understand the facial expressions. That, that's very, very powerful because really our children, I think now more than ever, need us to be supportive and allow them to see their power and, and step
step out of so many of the places because there are so many messages coming from the media and from their environments and other children their age that it's it's more important to very consciously look at ourselves. Right. Children want to be seen. They want to be known. They want to be respected for who they are. And they want to be praised. They don't want to just be praised when they do something that makes it convenient for you or when they conform to your wishes. They want to be praised for who they are inside, for what makes them unique. And how often do you allow those words of praise to leave your mouth, to be expressed through your gesture, your actions, your manner, and your being? What are your children taking from you? What are the comments and the expressions and the belief systems that you are passing on knowingly or unknowingly? How are you supporting the growth processes of your future generations and what core belief they're going to leave with? There's a wonderful article in the March-April issue of the 1111 magazine, which will be released March 1st by Jan Denise, that really speaks to how to raise a good enough child. So I hope you'll definitely participate in that when it reaches the stands. You can also get a subscription to 1111 magazine at 1111mag.com and connect to Jan Denise so that you can find out about how to get innately good for yourself. And you can go to the innatelygood.com website or you can connect to her other website, nakedrelationships.com, and find out a little bit of information about Naked Relationships as well. We'll be right back with Jan Denise. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 
Are you looking for Life's Balance? Look no further than 7th Wave Network. We're bringing you Life's Balance with Shaman M. Let Melody McBride take you on a unique listening experience. You'll explore the world of alternative health. Learn about the many facets of healing. Preventative lifestyles from children to seniors will be discussed on the show. Listen for Life's Balance with Shaman M. Broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. It's the healthy side of life. Let peace and balance be yours. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CareSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at BelieveSC.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I'd like to invite you to also explore our website, BelieveSC.com. We have some wonderful events coming up. In the near future, we have an amazing event by Gloria Karpinski, author of Barefoot on Holy Ground, and she will be there March 6th and 7th doing a weekend retreat on mystical Christianity, a very powerfully moving weekend to create a new relationship with a sacred story. So I invite you to look that up as well as many of the under, other wonderful speakers and workshops that are taking place at BelieveSC.com. Also, if you are a practitioner, a life coach, or have a retreat center, look up ChoiceAlliance.org. ChoiceAlliance.org stands for Collaborating Holistic Organizations Inspiring Conscious Empowerment. It is a network of practitioners all over the country that are coming together to create a net of light. Through this organization, you are supported in business, marketing, networking, and having a broader reach by pooling together small bits monetarily to create a big, expansive voice in the world so that the practitioners can get out there and do what they need to do. So I invite you to take a look at choicealliance.org as well. I am with Jan Denise tonight, and she is the author of Innately Good, Dispelling the Myth that You Are Not. She's a nationally syndicated newspaper columnist and also the author of Naked Relationships, Sharing Your Authentic Self to Find the Partner of Your Dreams. She inspires others to know the best of who they are, the best of life and love. She conducts workshops, speaks professionally, and consults with individuals, couples, and families, and has a wonderful intimate retreat center in McIntosh, Florida, where she can do private consultation retreats or group retreats for individuals. And you can find out more about that at her website, innatelygood.com, or also nakedrelationships.com. Welcome back, Jan. I just wanted to kind of review that um, if we are trying to prove our worth in the many ways that we have, whether it's a degree or money or success or the perfect status or the perfect image, there are ways that we can step into our truth 
And you write in the book that we postpone living our truth until we have demonstrated our worth. So how do we get to that place where we have that worth so that we can live the truth? Well, the only way for us to do it, Simran, is to let go of the security blanket that we're clinging to that gives us a false sense, if you will, of security. And find you know, when we let go of that and have the courage to look at what's inside, we find our innate goodness. We find that divine spark. We find that pristine, authentic self that's been there all along. It's still there. We haven't tainted it. I don't care what you've done or what mistakes you think you've made. Your authentic self, that divine spark is still pure and pristine and perfect. And when you will be still, find the courage to look inside. You know, one of the hardest things in the world is for us to just be still and do nothing. We're so distracted and so busy running here and there that we don't take the time to look inside and really get to know who we are. So let's back it up a little bit. When you say let go of that security blanket, what does that mean? What is the security blanket? Whatever you're clinging to that makes you feel like you are at least making headway toward being good enough. You know, it might be a a perfect physique. Maybe you go to the gym and you're building lots of muscle. It might be a sports car. It might be, you know, your your bank account. And, um, for example, maybe you're a a man and you, you have a lot of money and you have a sports car and when you meet somebody new, you know that you can impress them by taking them to the best restaurant in town. Well, next time you decide to take somebody out, take them to the park instead. So it's not necessarily stopping. That could be one way, as you just said, being still and getting stopped. But the other way could be doing a totally different activity, one that would be very foreign to what we would traditionally do. Right. Something that forces you to let go of the security blanket, even if it's just temporarily, so that you can see what's inside. See what you really have to offer a woman, for example. Or, you know, look at who you are minus the gold watch. Look at who you are minus the muscle. Look at who you are minus the sports car or minus the education. When you find yourself throwing around the fact that you have a Ph.D., stop. And most of us think that's who we are. We don't realize that that is the personality mask that we wear. Exactly. That's not really who we are. Exactly. So the security blanket is what you're using to define yourself with. That's not really you. I saw a great billboard the other day in New York City. It said, Recession 101, self-worth beats net worth. Hmm. And that's so true. Anything that can be stripped away from you is not your authentic self. Your authentic self is what you have left when everything else is gone. So let go of whatever it is that you're getting this false sense of security from long enough to look inside at who you really are. And when you do, I promise you that you will find your innate goodness. You will find that you are absolutely, unequivocally lovable. 
Now, you know, for a lot of people, sense. that would be incredibly scary. Just even right. the thought of it would be incredibly scary to let go of everything that defines them. Right. But you don't have to give it all to charity tomorrow. And you don't have to go out and gain 100 pounds tomorrow instead of being, you know, a slim, healthy individual. What you have to do is quit finding your security in that. Quit using that to define yourself. And look inside and define yourself based on what you find there. And then let that be reflected on the outside. But don't be driven to get another degree because you're afraid that without one, you're not marketable. Don't be driven to buy a bigger house because you're afraid that without that, you are going to be perceived as somebody who doesn't measure up. Now, you tell a little bit about yourself that you kind of let go of everything to stop and write. I did. So just discuss a little bit about your experience and how that helped you get to your innately goodness. Okay. Um, I went through a second divorce just before I turned 40 years old. And when I did, I was absolutely devastated. It was just overwhelming to me. I was working for a corporation at the time, and it seemed very public. Um, I had changed my name, and it just seemed like I was being, you know, publicly humiliated, publicly failing, and I was devastated. But somewhere in there, Simone, I realized, it sounds melodramatic, but it was like a near-death experience. I almost lost myself, but I didn't. And I realized that I didn't want to change for him or for anybody. And for the first time in my life, I think I realized that I really, really, really liked me, that I didn't want to be anybody else. I wanted to be me. And I remember jogging down the street singing happy and free like a bird. That's me. And I was. I was liberated. I was free. It no, matter, it no longer mattered what anybody else was thinking or how they were judging me. I had, you know, had landed in my worst nightmare and realized that it didn't define me. And that whatever happened, I could climb up again. I could get up. And even for those individuals, and and I can very much uh, speak to this because I found myself in that place, even if you do totally lose yourself, you know, if you find that place where you have to say, I have no idea who I am anymore. I've all of a sudden given every piece of myself away to everybody else and everything else that I've completely forgotten. That's a good place to start, too. So true. Because you're almost a clean slate at that point, and you can rebuild. Yes, I I hear from people all the time, you know, that, okay, well, this is wonderful. Yes, I need to learn who I am, and I need to be who I am. But you know what? I don't have any idea. I I really have lost sight of it. I don't know who I am. I've spent the last 20 years on a job or, you know, raising a family, and I don't know who I am. But when we get still and we look inside And we ask ourselves, you know, a wonderful question is, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you choose if you couldn't fail? Because when you answer that question, you get a glimpse of who you really are without people judging you and without worrying about what other people are thinking. And wouldn't you like to know who you really are? Are you holding on to any of those masks or any fragments that are what you define yourself as? 
Can you let go of the security blanket just slightly, just a little bit, to start to see the truth of who you are, to start walking more authentically in the world, and being the expression of love that you are, the innate goodness that you have always been. I'm with Jan Denise today, author of Innately Good, Dispelling the Myth That You Are Not. You can connect to her at innatelygood.com and find out more about this book, her work, and additional retreats in McIntosh, Florida, where she works with individuals, families, and couples, whether it is in the field of relationship or in finding your innate goodness. You can also see a beautiful article on how to raise a good enough child in the next issue of 1111 Magazine. Pick up your copy of 1111 at a Barnes & Noble today or subscribe at 1111mag.com. We'll be right back with a little bit more Jan Denise. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back to 
Welcome back. I am speaking with Jan Sneath, author of Innately Good, a wonderful book to help you discover your not a good enoughness and get out of it so that you can feel good enough, know your goodness, and know that you are innately good. Jan, we were talking about uh, your experience and, and how you moved through that, and I have to say there was a statement that I found so powerful in your book, and you were talking about how this had become your worst nightmare and you climbed out a stronger person, and you realized that your climb, not your fall, was what defined you. And I think that's what many people don't realize. It is our climb. It is what we show ourselves and the strength and the tenacity and and the growth that we do. That's who really defines us. Right. And when you demonstrate that climb to yourself, when you find yourself able to climb out of your worst nightmare, if you will, out of any difficult situation, then you begin to get a glimpse of who you are and you're no longer afraid of failing. And that is so much of what holds us back. In fact, the only thing that can hold you back or trip you up or stop you from doing whatever it is you want most to do is fear. And the mother of all fears is that you're not good enough. So when you free yourself of that and realize that you are absolutely good enough, then you're home free. Nothing can hurt you anymore. Nothing can stop you. You know that you're good enough, and you're not afraid. You're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to fall on your butt. You know you can get back up again. And there is a giant sense of freedom knowing that you can fail without feeling like a failure. Exactly. That, that I found hugely, hugely powerful. Right. Now, there are going to be some people that are listening that are saying, you know what, I know who I am, I'm good enough. But yet, are there people that don't really realize it and they have that? Well, if you are out there listening and you are just absolutely free to be who you are and you don't experience any negative self-defeating emotion, then chances are you have already worked through your feelings of inferiority and you know who you are. But so what would you, some of those negative self-defeating emotions be? Just anger, not sure. jealousy, blame, defensiveness, superiority, inferiority. If you find yourself feeling guilty or blaming somebody else for your problems, if you find yourself always being defensive and explaining yourself, justifying your actions, making excuses for not doing better, you know, if you get angry, bitter, you know, resentful, then you don't know yet <laughs> how good you are. What about regret? A lot of people have regrets in their Negative life. Negative self They wish they could emotion. have done differently. Yep, it doesn't serve you. If it doesn't serve you, then it's self-defeating. So if you have those emotions, I, I challenge you, because I love you and I want you to be happy, to look at where it's coming from. You can trace any negative emotion that you have, any fear that you have, to the mother of all fears that somehow there's something wrong with you, that you're not good enough. When you know how absolutely innately good you are, when you look inside yourself and see love, everything good, then you're not, you have no reason to get upset anymore. You have no reason to get angry or jealous or defensive because you absolutely know who you are. Well, and, and, you know, one thought that I had today as I was holding in prayer the, the people in Haiti and, and so many of the things that are going on in the world, as we give that love and, and 
prayers and good wishes and whatever we can do for people that go through such experiences, in a sense, that's a, a symbol to us, a metaphor for us as to how our worlds are being shaken so that we look at ourselves, so that perhaps not only do we pour love on those people in those situations, but perhaps pour more love on ourselves. Right. You know, a crisis, even the recession, for example, is an equalizer. When everybody is stripped of, say, money, then we no longer define people by what house they live in or what car they drive or where they go to school. We, we see beyond all of those things. Those things have been stripped away. So we have an opportunity then to get to know people for who they really are, to look at what's inside instead of looking and focusing on the external. So, you know, we, we love ourselves the same way that we love other people. And in order to love other people well, in order to love ourselves well, the first thing we have to do is get to know ourselves, get to know those people we want to love, and then let that knowledge guide the way we care for ourselves, the way we respond to our needs, what we respect ourselves for. Knowledge is love's guide. You know, and sometimes we think of love as being a soft, mushy word. But someone, I was doing a, a talk once for a job corps, and I was talking to a gymnasium full of at-risk young women. And it was really a, a tough group to talk to. And I was trying to connect with them. I was trying to make eye contact with somebody. And I posed the question, well, what is love? And one of the girls in the front row, she looked at me, and it was like she remembered the words of her grandmother or something. And she said, love is everything good. And I said, yes, and that's exactly what love is. Love is everything good. And at a core level, that divinity within us, that spark, it's love. That's what you're made of. And it's enough. You know, it is good enough. It's enough of everything you could possibly need or want. It's, it's strength and power and responsibility and accountability. It's oneness and peace and beauty and truth and joy. And it's everything you could possibly want in your life. Well, and the way to really reach that place of such deep self-love means that we have to allow ourselves to become so intimate and vulnerable with each other and with ourselves to discover who that is. Even if you were fortunate to grow up in a safe, nurturing environment, you will still have and bear invisible scars from childhood. It is part of the purpose that we come here for as human beings to learn and grow and discover who we are. I'm very grateful to have had Jan Denise on the show tonight. Again, her book is called Innately Good, Dispelling the Myth that You Are Not. Do take the time to connect with her on her website, innatelygood.com or nakedrelationships.com. You can also connect with her and have a retreat at her place in McIntosh, Florida. Next week, my guest will be Dr. J.J. Hertog, and we will be discussing The Keys of Enoch, an amazing, amazing book that talks about predictions, it talks about theories, about wonderful keys that have been brought onto the planet for how our planet, our people, our humanity is evolving. So I hope you'll join me next week with Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hertog. Until next time, be well. I'm Simran, and I'm wishing you a great week. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice. 
with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Shift happens.